This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Can you tell listeners who you are and what you were presenting on today at the 2023 LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference? I am Marie Davenport. I'm the CEO of Endometriosis Australia, and we were talking about the intersect of uh, endometriosis and LGBTIQA+. Now, for people who may not be familiar, what is endometriosis? Endometriosis is a disease which is lifelong, incurable. It affects around 14% of girls, women and those assigned female at birth. Um, We know that by the age of 44 to 49, around one in seven have been diagnosed with the disease. Uh, It is, as I said, incurable. So the delay in diagnosis means that so many more have it but don't know about it. The average diagnosis time lag is around 6.5 years. But it's much higher uh, and longer Uh, depending, unfortunately, where you live, rural and regional communities, but also among um, diverse communities, including called and gender diverse. Why? Do we have any insight as to what those barriers are? Is that a perception of, you know, just engaging with service provision or is it a lack of even knowing the services are out there? Well, it's a lack of even the symptoms and knowing that um, periods aren't supposed to be painful. They're not supposed to stop you doing what you want to do. They're not supposed to have you on the floor doubled up in pain and you shouldn't be hemorrhaging. Um, You know, people get brain fog, they have um, terrible back pain, this manifests in all sorts of ways. So it's tissue similar to the uh, that found in the uterus and um, or womb that grows elsewhere as lesions, mainly in the pelvic area, but it can occur in other parts of the body. So um, it behaves like um, like endometrial tissue in the uterus um, and it bleeds. And that causes um, uh, reactions from the body because it's you know on full alert um, and um, concerned about this internal bleeding. So a lot of it is awareness of symptoms. Going to GPs and finding that they're not aware of you know endo enough either. Don't take it seriously. Um, we know, for example, that. Um, of those who go to the emergency department with endometriosis pain um, or, you know, suffering terribly, uh, the majority are asked uh, to be seen within 30 minutes because they're uh, considered to be urgent. But 71% of those presenting at emergency are um, sent away with not, without admission um, and without a referral. So it's literally just sending these people home um, with Panadol and saying, you know, you'll be right, or you know, and so so many unfortunately feel it's in their head um, that it's not it's not you know real. Um, they're not taken seriously. They're dismissed at school. They're dismissed by the GP, um, and they're not understood by their partners um, or and certainly in the workplace. Do you think that part of that is just that? 
is it the people are saying, oh, I think I have endometriosis and people are saying, no, you're not right? Or do you think they're just endometriosis isn't even on their radar? I don't think it's even on radars, actually. And that's an indictment on, you know, nurses and doctors do the right thing as best they can and they're wonderful. Um, but um, it's an indictment on our medical um, system and our health system that um, those GPs and nurses aren't more aware of endometriosis and how it may present. Um, the other barriers include you know the fact that you need um, a, a, a laparoscopic surgery to definitively diagnose endo. Uh, we have um, provided um, seed funding for research project um, Imagendo using AI to better uh, a, a, be able to identify the most, you know, likelihood of endometriosis being the concern or the problem. Uh, but you know you've got to find um, a clinic that's got the right technology, the AI technology, but also those who are trained to use it. Even um, having an ultrasound is invasive. So for those, um, you know, in the um, in the, the female and AFAB population, it is extremely, um, you know, it's penetrative if you're having an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound. So, you know, many put it off. They think, well, I've got to have an operation or I've got to have a vaginal ultrasound and they don't, they don't pursue a diagnosis. Um, often in, in the hetero population as well, um, many don't know they've got um, endo until they are trying to conceive naturally. And um, that leads to investigations around fertility and that leads to um, a diagnosis of endometriosis, whether they had symptoms that were bothersome and they dismissed it or had been dismissed, or they have limited symptoms, but it has affected their fertility. So we know 50% of those with endo have um, fertility challenges and 30% of those doing IVF have endo. But if you're not trying to get pregnant naturally, then you're not going to get that trigger to say something's wrong um, and get that um, that uh, medical intervention. So you know if you're um, if you're a, a woman or um, AFAB and and wishing to have a family, um, you know you have to do IVF or you know art anyway. Um, but it may not be picked up that you actually have a problem. Um, until it's too late, where you could have had an option to have your eggs frozen. And way too many women, unfortunately, um, and AFAB have to have their uteruses removed through hysterectomy in their 20s, 30s and 40s. You talked during your presentation about, I guess, for lack of a better term, this hierarchy where, you know, women's health is, is I, I hate to say, like sort of seems to be a low priority. And then below that, you've got endo and you've got LGBTIQA plus mm. women's health. Mm. Why do you think it's not a higher priority? I think in general, women's health is um, is never taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And honest to goodness, if a male experienced any of the pain that, that the people going through endometriosis suffer, and I don't like calling them sufferers, but they do suffer, it would have been well and truly on the radar and we would have had a lot more research and probably a cure by now um, decades ago because it impacts every aspect of, of these lives. Um, whether, you know, whatever your sexual preference is, um, there's pain during sex. Mm. Um, that's part of it. It affects your um, bowel movements. It affects your capacity to work. Uh, you get brain fog. Uh, you have, you know, terrible hemorrhaging um, sometimes as well. Um, and the main treatment is um, through hormonal um, intervention, and that's through contraception. So a lot of um, a lot of the LGBTIQ um, 
IA plus population aren't on contraception. Um, so they're not managing their symptoms, or they have to go on it even if they don't need to be on it. If there anyone listening right now is going, you know what, I want to get behind this, I'm aware of endometriosis, or what either, I guess, want to get more information or they want to be able to support raising the awareness and put and the profile of it publicly what can people do uh go to our website which is endometriosisaustralia.org it's not a, an easy word to say or spell but it's e n d o m um, e t r i o s i s australia.org um, we've got uh, all resources there we've got research projects and that's the other thing we want involvement of the community in research in the past we haven't been asking um, you know what what your um, your you know assigned gender is um, and how you identify and that will help us to provide support to the community the individuals in the community um, as required so go to our website um, donate now we don't get a dollar of government funding despite 50 58 million dollars being allocated to the national action plan on endometriosis that we pushed for we've just been able to apply for some but we haven't had news yet um, so by all means support us financially we have um, events that you can hold uh, we have high teas where yellow's the theme and for listeners out there you can't see my bright yellow um, nail polish or my yellow phone case um, but uh, you can host an event at work um, or in your community our theme for March Awareness Month is um, host an event in your town hall, city hall, uh, school hall um, or in your workplace to raise awareness but also much needed funds. We put money that we raise from donations into research. This year we've raised $200,000. Uh, we've received applications to the value of $2.2 million from researchers wanting to do very, very good work um, across disciplines, not just um, medical and gynaecological, but also, you know, diet, physio, we know, you know, um, diet, doing the FODMAP diet or a lower infl um, inflammatory diet is helpful. We know that yoga, Pilates, um, acupuncture and things are helpful to manage symptoms. These all cost money. We also know that um, $30,000 is the average cost of endo on each individual individual suffering in Australia um, that and we also know 70% have to take time off without pay um, to manage their symptoms one in seven will lose their jobs because of endometriosis one in three are overlooked for a promotion one in ten have to self-fund their operations and even health funds um, if you do have private health insurance um, will often say that endo is a pre-existing condition or that having the treatment, which is the, an operation to insert a marina or an IUD um, device, is not um, is contraception, not medical management. So there's a lot we can do. The main thing is raising awareness, um, demanding that there is greater investment in, into research um, and also uh, training of GPs, nurses, school nurses I was with yesterday um, to ensure that we've got greater uh, understanding, greater respect for those going through the disease. And, and I know, you know, through my own experience with my daughter and a niece again recently um, and so many others, they finally get a diagnosis. You have a disease, it's named endometriosis, and they feel validated. Mm -hmm. It is real, mum and dad, teammates, schoolmates. It's not in my head. 
Okay, so what are you going to do to fix me? Well, there's no cure. We can try and put you on the pill. You can try and have an, a, a marina, but, you know, uh, uh, sorry, you're 15 or 16, so that's not going to work for you. Um, you know, you're probably going to have fertility problems and you'll have it for the rest of your life. It's not good enough. Mm. And it can, it can affect people that young. Yes, my daughter started having symptoms when she was eight years of age mm. and um, it affects people... Uh, transgender people so um you know one of our volunteers max is um a transgender man who you know anyone born with a uterus will have endo Mm. um potentially and um so even the removal of the uterus through a hysterectomy um regardless of your gender diverse status uh doesn't guarantee that the endo isn't present or won't come back Mm. Going through menopause is not a cure either. It um, depends on the, you know, the amount of oestrogen in the system. Um, So it is truly lifelong and debilitating. Look, thank you so much for taking uh, time to talk to us. And it's great to, you know, hear more about endometriosis and raise the profile of that in the community. Thanks for your time. Thank you. From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.